Welcome to the Grow the Game podcast, hosted by your own Corbin King and Peyton Mattingly. Today, we are joined by Coach Billy Kennedy, who's the current assistant coach at Wichita State University. He's a former head coach at Texas A&M, Murray State, Southeast Louisiana, and Centenary College. Coach Kennedy started his career as a manager at Southeast Louisiana and had had a long and successful career. Coach Kennedy, thank you so much for being on. How are you this morning? Doing good. Yeah, so kind of talk about your coaching career, kind of the highlights of it, um, starting back from your, your first few days as a manager at Southeast Louisiana. Yeah, I was uh, actually a student assistant manager, whatever position you want to call. I was just glad to be a part and uh, got a chance because some one of the assistant coaches got, got in a car wreck and I got a chance to do something and move up while I was still in school and be involved in some scouting. Back then, you could go and uh, to the games of your opponent before you got a chance to play them. You could sit at courtside and do you know, right up a scout with basically on the teams before you play them and you got a chance to, to travel and go see them. So I had a chance to, to get out and do some scouting as a young student assistant at Southeastern. And that was my first indoctrination to college basketball. Yeah, so after you were a manager, you know, you're out in the job market, you're looking to get into coaching. Um, what did you kind of do to market yourself and move up in the coaching world? Well, in the summers before uh, the season or before I go back to college. I coached AAU basketball. So that was before it got so big and I got a chance to, to know all the local talent in the state of Louisiana by coaching AAU basketball and getting involved with uh, the, the best players in the area. And then that gave me and that access to knowing a lot of the assistant coaches who were recruiting art our guys and that that way I got a chance to 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 develop some relationships with some college coaches. So when I had the opportunity to New Orleans with Benny D's uh, as a student assistant, I did and then he went to Wyoming as a graduate and took me with him as a graduate assistant. Back then graduate assistant Jobs were the the end to to getting into college basketball, and that's how I got in it. So, when you got in, did you always know you wanted to get into coaching, or how how did that kind of come about early in your life to realize you wanted to start a coaching career? Uh, my high school coach had an impact in my life and uh, invested in me when I played for him, and I just knew that I wanted to the opportunity to, to invest in, in young people like I was invested in. So that's the main reason why I, why I got into coaching. And I decided to go to college route because I just thought that it, where I was from in New Orleans, it was hard 
to get good high school job. And so I'll uh, take a chance and he'll be a graduate assistant and try to get in involved with college basketball. And that's how I got into it. And so how did you make it work whenever you took that volunteer job at New Orleans? I, I taught at an elementary school in the morning and I went in the afternoon and worked about an hour before practice and was at practice and then I did some stayed after practice and went home later that night. So I taught elementary school. Actually my degree was in social studies education. Uh, but the only job I could get was an elementary school job in New Orleans. And so I went from like eight in the morning to about two o'clock, uh, taught sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And then I went after and went to practice. And then that's how I got involved. And then that's where I got the graduate assistantship was the next year. From there, I was fortunate enough to come back to Louisiana as a full-time assistant at Northwestern State University. So I moved like the first three years every year. And, well, that's how I got in. It was different then from the standpoint of the graduate assistantship being a route. And then you can still get in that. At some schools, they offer graduate assistantships, but that was the norm back then. Very long time. How have you seen it change on how to get a job in the coaching field? Well, just the fact that people would hire a couple of graduate assistants and there wasn't a video coordinator. And it was that's totally different now. Analytics and the video coordinator wasn't something that people spent a lot of time on. It was more recruiting and, and coaching and summer camps. A lot, of, a lot of one of the ways to get in to get in, build relationship with coaches was working summer camps. And I can remember I went and worked at a DC All-Star Camp. It was a big camp in Georgia. And then I went to North Carolina and worked at a camp called Prep Stars. And these were camps that brought to the top young players in the country. And it got an exposure. It gave me a chance to develop some relationships the college coaches working the camp and, and thinking I had a relationship with the players. Yeah, so as you moved jobs and went to many different places, specifically going from grad assistant to assistant coach, how did you adapt and adjust to moving around, working with new people and new staffs each year? Well, it came down to relationships and Fortunately, I knew someone at each place that I got the job because of 
my AAU connections and getting them to know college coaches that recruited our players. Uh, that's that's basically how I got in it, and and I recruited guys from a young and a young assistant. I was involved in recruiting, and then I learned basketball from from really good head coaches, and got a chance to get on the floor and get involved with the basketball part of it, and just grew into being the head coach. By uh, being an assistant, I moved a lot, and a lot of people, I was fortunate, I was able to, to, to take a lot of different jobs and climb up the ladder, and I took a chance, and you gotta be willing to step out there and go work sometimes for free and do the best you can to just make it. And I was fortunate to be able to financially make it. Yes. Yeah, so, what was it like coming back to your alma mater at Southeastern Louisiana and taking the head coaching job there? Well, it was a dream come true because. I started there as a student, student assistant. Went there as a as a walk on, and uh, became a student assistant when it was time for me to walk off because I wasn't good enough. But anyway, it was uh, a dream come to come back and to win the league twice and be successful. We had never been to the NCAA tournament, and we took a team the NCAA tournament. That was a special moment, but it was, I knew the job, I knew the area, and it, it, that helped. Uh, uh, I wasn't caught up in the, to not having things financially as a program. Uh, I didn't get down when we didn't have a, a lot of money uh, uh, we, 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 we did the best we could with it and enjoyed it and embraced the opportunity of being in the co a college code and that's why I think we were successful When you took the head coaching job at Centenary College you had been assistant for a little less than 10 years what were your first steps of actions when you first got the head coaching job and what did you want to and still in your own program? Uh, just some discipline and uh, character. We recruited good guys, good people who wanted to do the right things and wanted to uh, get a degree and wanted to win. And I think that was the biggest key is the first year, signed like nine new players and uh, out of those nine, uh, eight of them stuck it out and were had good college careers because they were good good people. And I think it starts you win big with character. And we were fortunate in a short time there, two years, we had some good players 
We were good people, and that was important to me at that time. Yeah, so when you say you win big with character, I think that's very important and a common thing that a lot of coaches say. But how do you live that out, especially when you recruit? What kind of strategies do you take to get to know the person and really understand what kind of player you're getting with that recruit? Well, that's one of the hardest things to evaluate at mm-hmm. times because we're recruiting talented guys who are usually better than everybody and things come a little bit easier for them. So I recruited from junior college programs that I knew had the same values that I had and had the same... I guess character had the same traits and that I would want in the program and and so when they went to junior college they were doing things right, going to class and being a good teammate and being unselfish and that was emphasized. We tried to recruit programs that emphasize that those same traits and that's we're fortunate we were able to do that and it made for a quick transition and a success our second year because we, we recruited guys that had been prepared and been trained to do the right things and to play the game the right way and to be unselfish and uh, that was a big part of our success early. Yeah, when you moved from school to school and it went from each job was bigger than the other. Well, we had to recruit the better players and it really didn't change until I got to University of California and we recruited some of the top players in the country. Um, But we were at a, a reputable University of Cal was the number one public university in the country. And we recruited Los Angeles and we recruited the Bay Area and got the best players locally. And that gave us a chance to recruit some of the best players nationally. Uh, but you got to recruit to your program what uh I need to help you win. And so the dispute in the pack pack ten at the time was uh was one of the top basketball leagues in the country. UCLA had won a national championship, Arizona had won a national championship in the four years I was at Cal. So kids wanted to play in the best league and the pack ten was one of the best leagues at, at the time. Yeah, before you got your first head job, when did you start building your coaching philosophy and when did you know you wanted to be a head coach? Well, what's crazy is I really didn't want to be a head coach. Uh, I wasn't, I was happy as an assistant at Cal and there had been a coaching change and I was in between jobs. I worked for a new coach. Hey, Cal, Ben Braun, and it was at a time 
when he came in and I didn't know if I was going to get to stay with him or I need to look for another opportunity. And the secondary job came open and it brought me back. I'm from New Orleans, brought me closer to Louisiana, back home. So I took that opportunity uh, and knew that I wanted, the, the way I played was, was from my high school coach. And uh, that's where I started developing style of play and coaches I admired and, uh, were coaches that controlled the tempo and would try to score in the first seven seconds of the shot clock all the way into the shot clock. And I knew that's how I wanted to play. Yes, that's in Oklahoma State was a guy that I just admired and followed and heard him in coaching, heard him in clinics. And see, that's how I wanted to play. I wanted to be very good defensively. And uh, he made an effort. Everything in that program was defense and toughness. And that was our baseline of the programs that I take. I started and fortunately we were able to win games that way. Hmm. Yeah, so I think that's, you talked about shooting early in the shot clock and, and things like that. Obviously the game has really changed since you started um, your coaching career. What are some of the, what are some of the hardest things to adapt to as the game has changed, you know, with shot clock or three point line continuously moving back? And even the new NIL deals and um, and the transfer portal. You know, it's definitely it's changed a ton, and you still have to have guys who want to move the ball, and that's one of the things that's hard now because the ball screen is such a big part of offense now, and guys getting off the ball and getting the ball moving from side to side. And moving the defense is the biggest challenge now because skill development is such a big part of programs now. And guys want to handle the ball and do more than you want as a coach you want with it. So, but the basics are the same is you know, get the ball moving side to side, share, being selfish and get back on defense and set your defense and take away transition baskets. So the, the core of being successful is still the same as it's always been. So I think it's important that you stick to the core and, and be strong with those fundamentals. Uh, the NIL stuff is, is new territory, I think. The biggest key with that is you got to be able to keep your own players, and hopefully, you can be in a place where NIL is strong enough to where you can take care of your players and keep them from transferring, so you can develop some continuity and get older as a program, so you can have maturity because maturity wins big in college basketball. What was your adjustment like going from college to the pros when you were a scout for the Nets? Uh, 
it really the one a big adjustment is just I got a chance to go watch a lot of teams practice and uh, I knew of a lot of the kids because at Texas a and we recruited a lot of those kids and uh, that were going to be future pros. So I was familiar with a lot of the kids that I had a chance to go watch. But just comes down to, again, guys that you try to find out all you can about their character and will they be a good teammate, how will they fit into the Brooklyn Net system and, and uh, just gathering as much intel uh, and background information on the kids so when they came draft time just to knew everything about them and that was the biggest thing was trying to find out as much as you could about the, the players because the talent it's easy to evaluate. It's the the character and the the intangibles that are important to, to, to know before you spend the millions of dollars on drafting these young people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going back as an assistant coach, you had a lot of success and were able to assist with a lot of great teams. A lot of teams reached an NCAA tournament. You took Southeast Louisiana, the first NCAA tournament appearance. How did that prepare you and help you for when you took Murray State to the NCAA tournaments and even Texas A&M to the NCAA tournament? Well, both both programs, I had I had to um, build a fa- solid foundation. We we took over programs that won but lost a lot of players and. Uh, we had to do it the slow route. We and at Murray State in that southeastern and even at Texas A&M, we started out slow and got a little bit better each year until after until fourth and fifth year we were high level teams and were ranked as high as number five in the country. Uh, but it came back to. We had a strong foundation of being having good guys that were in the program a number of years, and we were all we developed them. And they got older, and they grew together. And the, the relationships we had with our players and that they had with each other made us have special teams. And that's what it comes down to. Is, you got to have good players and you got to have talent, but you got to have the intangibles. And those teams were able to, be, to develop the intangibles and be together. And we had time. And that's important. A lot of programs, they want to win right away and be forced to do things and to win right away. And that's ris- risky and it, it's important. That, Develop the culture and, and uh, develop the character of the program is the most important thing to me to win to winning big hmm. and being special. Yeah. Whenever you're looking to hire a staff, what are you looking for? Like, uh, about uh, so 
redundant, but character and loyalty, uh, and and what can that person do to help us win? What 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 do they bring to the table? Uh, do they bring an ability to recruit and develop relationships? Are they really good? Maybe a special talent now with video and X's and O's, but maybe I'm, I'm looking for somebody who can bring something to help us win and it's something tangible. It's not just being a good guy who works hard. It's somebody who has an area of expertise that they can move the needle in our program and then it comes back to me feeling comfortable with them as, as people to somebody who I can trust. From each head coaching job you've had, has your culture changed from that first head job you've had till now? No, it really hasn't. Uh, we, everywhere I've been, we had to start over and, and uh, start from scratch. And it took us time to be really good. Uh, and we, fortunately, I had an administration that believed in what we were doing and gave us time and all four of those jobs. So it's important that you have, you have unity at the university you're at from the president on down, everybody's locked in together. And you talk a lot about culture, which is so important um, in programs these days and the head coaches preaching culture, but in a way you also have to live that out. And so in 2011, you received a FCA award kind of talk about that and then how your faith has really guided your career. Well, again, uh, my faith is about who you are, not what you do. Hmm. And I'm a basketball coach, but that's not who I am. I want to be as Christ-like as possible as being a believer in Jesus and being a Christian, and then I want to be able to live it out, and it and it bleed into everything I do, and it's I've made a lot of mistakes, and, and there's been a lot of different struggles, but God has been faithful, and uh, He'll be He'll continue to be faithful if you're out of hand and you live live out your faith, and that's all I try to do is let my program who I am and what we were going to be about. And it's always been a priority. And fortunately, I was at places that I could do it. And we could pray with our team and we could do devotions with our team on game day and do some special things with our players. and. That's been why we've been successful. And the main reason we were blessed because we tried to 
Having so much head coaching experience, how has that helped you to become a better assistant coach? Well, I know what the head coach goes through, and I know uh, what he needs, and I'm constantly trying to serve him and help him in the areas that he wants me to help him in, and he needs help, and so. That's, that's been an adjustment in a way. I was a head coach for 21 years now, but the system again, I've had to, to, to learn and some different things and go back to figuring out what I could do to serve the program as an assistant and not lead the program as a head coach. It's a lot different than it's a, it's been a, pro, a process, so I'm forcing getting better and I'm being able to help our situation here at Wichita State. And you talk about you talk about serving. I think that's such a important part, especially for managers and graduate assistants. People who are young in their coaching career looking to serve um, the program. How did how did your time as a student assistant, even as a volunteer assistant? really prepare you and help you throughout your entire career? Well, I knew how hard it was for me to become an assistant, and I knew that it was important that I paid my dues and I was patient, and I appreciated where I was at, and I bloomed where you planted, and no matter what role you have, it's as an assistant or a student, assistant or a manager or a player, you're there to be a part of the team. And having been at all the different places I've been and different levels, and we had to be washed the clothes and we had to wipe up sweat and practice on the floor, towels and get water for guys. That's all important. There's nothing that's not too small for any of the people that are in my program to do. You gotta be willing to do whatever you can to help the program. And that's an attitude of service. And so when you can have that, is your chance to be successful. From each program you've been to, how have you been able to utilize your managers and help them grow into young aspiring coaches? Well, I've been really fortunate to have good managers and um, a lot of them. And at a and we, we had about six or seven managers and they were, they were tremendous help for us when they were on the floor, they helped in the video room, they helped in the office, they helped in the basketball camp. They, they did all kinds of and so they've always placed a high value and taking care of those guys the best we could. Whether it was paying for summer camp or 
um, help them get jobs in different places. It's, that's what it's all about is helping those who help you. I've been fortunate to have great help. Yeah, so going back to Texas A&M, you took over the job after after Mark Turgeon. What was your experience like at Texas A&M? What were some of the highlights and um, really what went into some of those great teams that you had that was able to get to the Sweet 16? Well, it took us a couple of years to get a good base. When I got there, we had a... We were almost on probation with APR issues. And so we couldn't sign a lot of new guys. We couldn't start the roster. We had to go through and that kind of forced us to, to play some guys and develop some guys. And uh, like Alex Caruso plays for Chicago Bulls now. He came in my second year and as a freshman and was wasn't physically ready, but got a chance to play early on because we were very good and he got some experience and confidence that later helped us win the SEC championship his senior year. And all of a sudden we got older we had his senior year. We had him, we had a kid named Daniel House and Jalen Jones. And they were all fifth year seniors except Alex was a fourth year senior. So we were older. And then we had some good young pieces. We had a talented class we brought in with them being seniors and just fit. But it took four years before a, a grinding and struggling to have winning seasons. But we developed a style of play and we developed our system and then it was in place and that's how you go to Sweet 16s and then we went to the Sweet 16 two years later and then I think I thought the year that I, I was let go, I thought we were gonna be really good again. Good twenty five class and uh, it's a good young players coming back. So it, was, it took some time, but we were able to develop and sell some good young guys and play some guys. And back then, guys weren't transferring and leaving like they are now. So that's going to be, you got to be a successful managing a team now of new guys and it'll be interesting to see how we're able to do that. Yeah, so coming in after, you know, some violations before, building that culture at a school like A&M who has a lot of traditions and, you know, is known, is known for the people that they allow into their school, was it very difficult to set a new foundation and kind of flip the switch from what you inherited? Yeah, it just took time, and, and uh, I had an athletic director who understood the situation and believed in what we were doing, mm-hmm. and Eric Hyman, and so that, again, to be successful, sometimes it takes 
three to five years that you're gonna do it the right way. Yeah, so obviously a lot of great seasons, a great, great runs uh, as a head coach. Probably the most memorable game was the comeback against Northern Iowa in the second round of the NCAA tournament. What was going through your head when all of that was unfolding, you know, when down 12 with under a minute to go and all of a sudden you're in sitting in double overtime? Well, we had, we had seniors on the floor and, and they, uh, Alex Caruso only plays one speed and has to play, he plays fast, he plays hard. Mm-hmm. And he just kept playing hard and we were really, it was a miracle. It was, Northern Iowa had to do a lot of things wrong for us to, to win down 12 with 44 seconds. And we made some shots, but I mean, it was just, it was God's hand on us because knowing all things that went well against us, but went well for us. A lot of it had to do with upperclassmen that we had on the floor. They just kept playing the game the right way, no matter what the score. You tell your players that, play the game the right way, don't be caught up in the score. And the game will reward you. And that was the epitome of the situation. If you just play there, play hard and unselfish and you play the right way, good things will happen. And it was a miracle that we were able to win. Yeah, that will always be one of probably the most memorable games I've ever watched and maybe one of the most memorable in NCAA tournament history. And, uh, and, and Coach, we, we thank you so very much for, for joining us today. You know, like I said earlier, a lot of respect and admiration for you and your career. Um, any, any last bits of advice you have for, for young coaches, um, older coaches, or anyone just listening to the podcast? Well, y'all are in good shape. You're working for one of the best coaches in the country, Coach Acuff. Yes, sir. He's uh, he's fantastic, and we've enjoyed we've enjoyed working for him. Yeah, tell him I said hello. He's the best. We, he's a friend of mine. We will, we will, Coach. Thank you very much, and best of luck to you guys at Wichita State this year. All right, same to you guys. Take care. Thank you.